the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This season might be longer than we want, but it will pass, even if it goes the distance of this short lifespan here on planet Earth. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 40. I entitled this message, When Will It End? Have you ever had things go from bad to worse and left yourself asking this question, when is it ever going to end? It's in those times of hardship that we will ask, why is this happening? It's when life has made a sudden change and it's turned into a dry and a barren season. It's when grief seems to never leave our soul as it sits at the threshold of our hearts. That's when we can fall into a pit and we can become distant to those around us and totally despondent as we again ask ourselves, why me? Why this? And especially why now? Maybe for some, on top of the pandemic, you have had to face other issues, severe disappointments, heartbreaking losses, areas of sin that maybe have crept back into your life since COVID has hit. Well, one thing for sure, there are a lot of things in this life that can go wrong, from unexpected circumstances to self-inflicted hardship that's caused by ourselves through bad decision-making. Then on top of the many things that we all face, even our own faith is under fire in the culture that we live in in this country. As our country, the United States of America, continues to make extremely bad choices as we drift farther and farther away from God's commandments and His statutes and His rules of righteousness Our marriages are under attack. Our singles are facing difficult challenges and staying pure as we're surrounded by so much darkness. We have some here, you know, around us, even in our own church that have been diagnosed with cancer. Maybe you know people that are diagnosed with cancer going through chemo and radiation. And what about our country just in general? We have so much political corruption. It is so blatant now. It's it's crazy. Crime rates are skyrocketing since this useless idea of defunding the police. We have a crisis at our southern border. You know, we're now more divided than ever. And on top of all of that, we have a $30 trillion debt. Wow. It's like, it sounds like to me that we need Jesus more than ever. For this is what happens when the world excommunicates God, the Creator Himself, from His own creation. Yet in the midst of this world's rebellion, God is merciful, and He is willing to wrap His arms of love and compassion around those who will seek Him. 
You know, the Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. We're also told in Psalm 147, 3, that God heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. Now, obviously, none of us are immune to the difficult season of life that we're all facing here in America. Yet some have had to endure more than others. And if you find yourself in a place of great difficulty today, even as you're listening now on the radio, I would like to share a couple of thoughts with you. Number one, if you're a Christian, a real Christian, meaning you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and your Savior, then know this. Our gracious God will never, ever leave you or forsake you. He is going to walk through this season of your life with you every step of the way. And He can work through all things in our midst, like we're going to see today as we look at the life of Joseph. And number two, understand, this is only for a season. And one day, this season will pass. Yes, this season might be longer than we want. But it will pass, even if it goes the distance of this short lifespan here on planet Earth. Because one day, soon, maybe sooner than any of us could ever imagine, we will stand in the presence of our Heavenly Father. And things will be made all new for us. There will be no more sickness. Imagine that. No more hardship. No more difficulties. And on top of all of that, no more death. Yet, as you know... When we're facing difficult times, it seems like it's never going to end. I remember when my parents divorced, I found myself empty, so empty inside. All of a sudden, I felt this intense feeling of not belonging. And when I watched my friends interact with their parents, it seemed to make it even worse. But here's the crazy part. Right before my parents divorced at 16, I was starting to push the limits at home. I didn't want to be told I had a curfew, that I needed to be home at a certain time. I wanted more freedom. Yet as soon as they were divorced and gone, I was all on my own, with no rules, no boundaries, and no regulations. Yet I found myself actually wanting boundaries. I found myself wanting accountability, to have a home where a mom was waiting for me. Isn't that the craziest of all things? See, sometimes the worst thing you can get is exactly what you want. Well, as we look at this book of Genesis here today, uh, we're going to look at Joseph. Now, leading up to this point that we're going to look at today, Joseph had been thrown in prison for a crime that he didn't commit. Talk about his life going from bad to worse. I mean, Joseph had to be thinking to himself, you know, when is this nightmare going to end? Because first, he was sold to Ishmaelite slave traders by his own brothers because of their deep-seated jealousy and hatred of their little brother. That, of course, had a lot to do with his father, Jacob, because his father had personal favoritism towards Joseph over his older brothers. Then, after being bought as a slave, he worked out outrageously hard and overworked all the other slaves in this household of a man named Potiphar who had multiple slaves. And by doing that, we saw God's hand of favor on his life. So he ended up becoming the personal assistant to this wealthy man who bought him. Yes, he was heartbroken 
but he didn't allow his circumstances to change his outlook on life. Instead, he chose to live out his faith in God by doing what? By working hard, by having integrity and a genuine desire to do what was right in the eyes of God. And because of that, he was put in charge of an entire estate, including all the property and investments of his owner. Yes, the Bible says that God blessed the household of this Egyptian, again, whose name was Potiphar. Yet, right when you think Joseph thought, you know, as bad as my circumstances have been, you know, being sold as a slave, but being abandoned by his brothers and all of that, God totally turned it around all for the good. That's when suddenly, out of nowhere, the boss's wife got the hots for Joseph. What? Yes, she had an eye for Joseph. Remember, the Bible said that Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Simply put, Joseph was an earthly example of a GQ magazine cover stud, you could say. And Miss Potiphar, well... She was a hussy on the loose, you could say. (laughs) The Bible said she pressed him day and night to have sex with her. But Joseph refused. Then, as we saw in previous studies, she trapped him. She sent all the other servants out of the house. Then she grabbed him. Who knows? She could have been naked herself. She ripped off the clothes of Joseph. Gee, Miss Potiphar, have you no self-control? Settle down, girl. Well, Joseph, being faced with this woman who could have possibly soaked in Victoria, you know, uh, secret bath gel all morning long and could have had a little teddy on or nothing on. Joseph was faced with what we're faced with at times with great temptation. And what did he do? Did he say, you know, Lord, I think we have to have a time of prayer here. Here, Miss Potiphar, let us have a time of prayer. Can we hold hands? No, it's like you don't pray at a time like that. You run, and that's exactly what he did. I wonder how many times we find ourselves in a place and position to where we're thinking, Oh, God, what do I do here? Oh, God, give me strength in the time of this temptation here. It's so overwhelming for me. Uh, why don't you stop praying and why don't you get out of there? There's a time to pray and there's a time to run. And that's what Joseph did. He ran. Then this hussy on the loose, having her ego bruised, accused Joseph of attacking her, which was completely false. And her husband believed her lies about Joseph and had him thrown in the prison as his anger burned against Joseph. That word for anger that Potiphar had for his servant Joseph in the Hebrew means that he was grieved and totally displeased. Potiphar was probably thinking to himself, Why, you stinking dog! You worthless slave, you! I treated you so well! I have given you great opportunity to grow and to prosper here! I've given you your own quarters and new clothes, and you eat of the best of food and all of these things! And this is how you repay me? By attacking my wife behind my back? You worthless piece of life! I'm going to throw you so far into prison that you're never going to see the light of freedom ever again for your entire life. Wow. (laughs) That's probably what he was thinking. Well, at this point, if we were Joseph, imagine just how bummed out you would be. 
But Joseph doesn't stay in that pit of depression because of what happened. We're told that Joseph got back up and that he made the best of his current, present circumstances. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 39, 21, it says, But the Lord, this is after he was thrown in prison, was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. And the chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in jail. And so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. And the chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever Joseph did, the Lord made him prosper. Wow. See, this is why we read the whole text here at Core Church Los Angeles, because we want to know exactly what happened. We want to know what was God doing behind the scenes, through the scenes, all of those things, because this is how we grow as men and women of God. It's by the full counsel of God's Word being taught to us. I wonder if you are walking through the Scripture wherever you're going to church. We teach book by book, chapter by chapter, and verse by verse, so that we will have the full counsel of God's Word. Now, the only time that we take a break from teaching through a Bible book and going through it chapter by chapter is when we have special events like Palm Sunday and Easter that's right here upon us. And we have special services for not only Palm Sunday, but Good Friday. We'll have a one-hour service between 12 and 1. And we'll also have special Easter services, which happens this year on April 4th. So I want to just ask you right now, everyone's been cooped up for a year. COVID has just been taking us and putting us into a dungeon. But listen, God wants us to get out and be believers once again and start sharing the message of great hope that God has given us. I want you to really pray about how God could use you to bring someone to church on either Palm Sunday or the one-hour service that we have between 12 and 1 on Good Friday or Easter Sunday. Listen, start praying about it right now. People just might be open because why? People are fearful and afraid. I was just sharing with an electrician the other day on this job site I was on. You're thinking, what the heck are you doing on a job site? Well, hey, I was there. But anyway, we got done talking about what we were talking about. And I said, hey, when's the last time someone told you there's a God in heaven that loves you and cares about you? And I shared the gospel with them. Then, right after that, I was playing basketball with three guys. That's right. I was actually playing basketball again in the midst of this pandemic. But anyway. Anyway, all three guys, after we got done playing, I shared the gospel with them, inviting them to our church services on Easter. So listen, I want to invite you to Core Church for Palm Sunday and also Easter. And if you can make it to L.A., we're going to have a one-hour service there on Good Friday. So check out our website. And we have three services on those Sunday services, by the way. 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 6.30 p.m. Think about who you could invite to bring out so they can have an encouraging message that there's a God in heaven that loves them that came to this earth, that died on the cross for our sins, that bore our sin upon his body so that we could be set free. Pray about it and see how God could use you to bring light and life into someone else's life. Well, with that said, oh, and by the way, 
all those are going to be, you know, of course, you know, uh, aired live uh, on our live broadcast. So you can check those out, you know, through our app or on your computer. But anyway, getting back to our message here, notice in verse 21, it said, but the Lord. See, but the Lord. When Joseph was thrown into prison, God went with him. You know, God didn't cause him to be thrown in prison. No, it was this hussy that was trying to attack him that did. But God was with him in the midst of whatever happened to him. See, nothing is ever over for the man or the woman of God. I wonder who is listening on the radio today that needs to hear that. You might be thinking, I am overwhelmed with my circumstances right now. But I just want you to know that it is not over. God is not done with you. He is going to continue to walk with you. When those people like us, true Christians who are committed to Christ, because God will always have the last word in every detail of our lives. So when our life hits the skids, and life seems to start falling apart around you and me. We need to do exactly what Joseph did. We need to get back up and literally start serving right where we are. That's what Joseph did. He's thrown in prison. Hey, if anyone could have had a bad attitude, gee, Lord, there I was serving my master faithfully as unto you, and then I get falsely accused and thrown into prison. Look, if anyone could have had a chip on their shoulder, it could have been Joseph. But he doesn't stay there, doesn't change his name to Eeyore. Well, I think I'm just going to be bummed out in life. No, he got back up and started serving right where he was. Yes, Joseph started up again in what could be considered the lowliest place on earth, in a pit of an Egyptian prison, which, by the way, didn't have all the conveniences of our modern-day prisons here in America with TV and a weight room and, you know, Internet service. In fact, Joseph later refers to this time as being put in a dungeon. Yes, God not only blesses him, but he also was preparing him for so much more than Joseph could have ever imagined. And so he started by putting him in charge of the entire prison. So again, for those of you that are listening now on the radio, let me ask you, do you see the blessing hand of God working right now in your present job? This has nothing to do with the attitude of your employer or supervisor, because maybe you don't get along that good with them. But it has everything to do with our attitude and our work ethic. This is what Joseph did. He earned his position through hard work and integrity. I wonder if that could be said of you and your job. Let me just ask you point blank. Do you stand out at your job from all the other employees? Has your employer taken note of you specifically because of how hard you work? Because most people will fall into one of three categories. You're either number one, like Joseph. I mean, you stand out at your job. People take notice of you. Why? Because there's something different about you, and it even makes them desire what you have. Man, I don't know what is going on inside of you, but man, I just respect you. You're such a hard worker. And that's when you can stand up as a believer and say, well, let me tell you why I do what I do. I work hard because the Bible says to do everything that I do as unto the Lord. 
And that gives you an opportunity for you to witness to your employer, to your fellow employees. But maybe you're not like that. Maybe you're like this number two person. You're a Christian. Your desire is to please God. But you're kind of like a wallflower. Yeah, you do your job, but you kind of blend in with your surroundings. And nobody really knows you're a Christian. You just kind of get in and get out. Then, of course, there's the third person here. And, well, you're slack. (laughs) Your faith is in name only. Your life shows no desire to pursue a relationship with Christ, really. In fact, if some people knew that you were a Christian, they might even say, yeah, right, and I'm the Pope. You know, I wonder which one would describe you best. Because if you have been working at the same job for many years, and there's been several others that have been promoted around you, let me just ask you, are they being promoted because, well, they work harder than you? They're more faithful than you? Uh, They just do their job better than you? Listen, as Christians, we should always be the highest paid because we should be the most faithful, the people that they can count on, the people don't call in sick when you're, get this, not sick, but the people that are there and, and work the hardest. So I'm just encouraging with that. Well, with all of these things that have been said here, there might be some of you listening right now that have fallen on hard times right now, and maybe things haven't been going so well for you during this COVID pandemic, and maybe you have kind of regressed in your relationship with Christ. Well, that's why it's so important to get plugged into a good church. And I do encourage you, if you're anywhere around Los Angeles, that you would maybe even consider coming on a Sunday morning or 8.30 or 10.30 service or making a trek down there on Sunday night at 6.30 to be encouraged in your faith. But maybe some of you have find yourself right now like, man, I just feel distance from the Lord, Pastor. I, I don't re- really know what it is. I, I'm not feeling it. Uh, I mean, there's no more goosebumps in my life, and I just don't even know what to do. Well, maybe it's because you've allowed some things to come in your life, and maybe you have maybe not been so uh, effective in your daily devotional life. Maybe you don't pick up the Bible and read it every day. Remember, the Bible says in Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. But whatever the case may be, this could be a good time for a reboot. Have you ever had your phone start acting up a little bit and it's just not doing something right and you just shut your phone off and then you start it back up again and all of a sudden everything's working again? It's like it just kind of rebooted itself. Something funky was happening. I wonder if we could say that you might need a spiritual reboot. That means just kind of coming back around and just saying, Lord, you know what? I I need to get right with you. I want to do what's right. The Bible says in Acts 3.19, repent, therefore, and return to the Lord. So your sins may be forgiven in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And if you feel like you'd like to have that refreshing from the Lord, I mean, it's it's a pretty simple question. Do you need to be refreshed from the Lord? Well, if you do, pray this now to get right with the Lord. God will hear you and let this be the beginning of that refreshment. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for the things that I've done wrong. Forgive me for just not walking with you like I should be walking with you. But I want to. Yes, Lord, I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again from the dead. I need you inside of me. I want to be close to you. I want to walk with you. Be my Lord. Be my God. 
be my Savior and be my friend and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, the Bible says if any man or woman be in Christ, they become a new creature. All things are passed away. Everything becomes new. And look, regardless of what you were yesterday or maybe even earlier today, it's like, doesn't matter. It's a new moment. It's a new beginning. And I'd like to send you a Bible to help you and encourage you in this new walking relationship with Christ. Look, maybe you have a Bible. Maybe you have 10 Bibles. But this Bible has some easy steps on how to really walk with the Lord in the first 50 pages. So you can email me at Bible at corechurchla.com. That's Bible at corechurchla.com, or you can call me at 323-807-3255. That's 323-807-3255. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 